Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. We honor and recognize our mothers today. And whether your mom has gone on to glory, whether she's hundreds of miles or thousands of miles away, or maybe she's sitting next to you, I would like for you to lift up their names with me today. So look to your neighbor and say your mama's name to your neighbor. Now, I know both of you are going to be saying two names, but take time where you can hear your neighbor's mom's name. Come on, go ahead, get it going. Some of you are not talking about your mamas, and your mama is looking. So if you can do this with me one more time, I'm going to say, my mother's name is, and then we're going to say our mom's names out loud, okay? My mom's name is Wanda. Very good, 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 good. All right. If that didn't touch your heartstrings, get the Kleenex out, because here's my Mother's Day video. Sad. When she moves out one I day, her mom's going to be very... love in my heart, like, right there. I, I'm feeling it right now. Sometimes I love her, sometimes I don't. When I'm angry, I don't. My mom is everything to me. She just is this ray of energy and sunlight and positivity. The thing that I wish I could have done more of is thanking her. Didn't matter what shape I was in, I could always come home to mom. My mom was... Basically, the glue that held me together. When I left the Philippines, I knew that my son will be in good hands because I know my mom will take care of him. My mom is kind of smart, you know, dad's smart. If I would say like one to ten, it would be a five. Maybe my poor dad got the raw end of the deal, but I do remember my mother saying to him when there was an argument about something I'd done, she said, you don't want to hurt her spirit. Remember that. My mom was diagnosed with uh, a really rare disease about 12 hours before she died. So we didn't get a lot of time to, to talk or to say goodbye, but she did get to say that she loved me, which were her last words. Uh, and I cherish that. Because I have ever been able to hang on to it. I'm probably going to say to my mom, you're a wonderful person. I tie a invisible string to my heart and she ties the same one to her heart and it's always attached together. My mother, she struggled a lot with addiction. Sorry, I'm getting upset. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. You know, you have partners, you have friends, you have kids, um, but there is nobody else who, um, who will ever care about you as much. My son now always tells me, I love you, Mama. But for 48 years, you realize I didn't say I love you to my mom. I can think of three words. I forgive you. You were a good mom, and you did really good. 
We thank you, Mama. I love you, Mama. Hey, Chelsea, if moms got paid, how much do you think they should get paid in a year for being a mom? Maybe a hundred dollars? Thank you. If we love our mothers that much, due in part to what they have done for us, how much more we are to love Christ for what he has done for us. As we close out the third chapter of the Gospel of John, we've been in the book of John since the beginning of the year, we read words of the evangelist John, that's the writer of John, proclaiming Jesus' priority over John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus, and Pierce preached last week that I must decrease, he must increase, he's greater than I. And in these final verses of chapter 3, we will see that Jesus came from heaven and spoke with ultimate authority. Jesus gave a first-hand account of heaven, not just some sort of theoretical idea of what heaven was like. Jesus actually spoke the words and with the voice of the Father. And in this you'll see that Jesus, his authority, is a product of God's love. So if you have your Bibles, John 3, beginning at verse 31. John writes, The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. Same verse gets repeated, the same sentence. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. That's, that's basically restating what Jesus has already been saying. No one was believing him. The man who has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. Whoever believes in the Son will not see life, but God's wrath remains on him. Above all, let's pray. Father, we have often put things above you. We have allowed the desires of our hearts, the temptations of this world, to take precedence over he who is above all. We beseech you for forgiveness. We ask today we would honor our mothers because many of our mothers brought us to church, taught us your ways, and we would proclaim that Christ Jesus is above all. Speak to us through these words that John left for us, your inspired word, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
As I said earlier, John the Evangelist, and that's where it kind of gets confusing. You know, John the Evangelist, there's actually 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in the New Testament, and then we, we see that John, uh, perhaps the elder, perhaps John the Evangelist, is the writer of Revelation. So John is prominent in uh, the New Testament. But here, John the Evangelist we're, we're, would be thinking that this is John, one of the 12 disciples, is now telling this account of Jesus and is comparing him to John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin. And he's saying, as we said last week, uh, Pierce preached very well last week, that uh, Jesus is above. Jesus has authority over John. John was merely the forerunner. In fact, he used the illustration of, of a wedding, and, and Jesus is the groom. Uh, at best, John would say that John the Baptist is a groomsman. He is someone supporting the star of the day. Some commentators look at this passage because it, it, you know, it begins, remember we started like three weeks ago with what I called the interview with Nicodemus. And then there's commentary in between that night vision where Jesus tells Nicodemus that he must be born again or born from above. Tie that into above all. And then there's this discussion uh, uh, that we picked up on uh, about who Jesus is. And then another discussion that's happened about who Jesus is. And finally, it's like, if, let me read this for you. It's almost like, you, and I'm not saying this is the way it should be. It's just I, I had not seen a commentator make that comment. So if you took verse 13, no one has ever gone into heaven except the, son, except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And if then, if you read verse 31, the one who comes from above is above all. So it makes, it's in keeping with this whole theme that John is telling us who Jesus is and the priority of Jesus, the eminence of Jesus, the kingship, the glory that he has come from to be here on earth with us. As we consider above all, my first point of two cent, two piece sermon will be. Above all, listen. Above all, listen. John tells us that Jesus speaks with a higher authority than anyone on earth. Why? Because he is born of heaven. John says that when Jesus is speaking, he is testifying to you that what he has seen in heaven is true. And he's come from the Father because of the Father's love for you and I to redeem you. For what the law could not do, Christ came to fulfill it. That we might have our relationship with our Heavenly Father restored. John writes this, Jesus is basically speaking the words of God. And with all that Jesus is saying, my question to you is, are you listening? Above all, listen. Now, I, didn't, I don't bring my phone in intentionally, but I, was, I thought about bringing it in today so I could play next to my microphone because it's going to be too hard for me to upload this sound to where you can hear it. But how many of you ha have or get amber alerts on your phone? Uh-huh. How many of you have silenced the amber alerts on your phone? Yeah. When they come like at 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Or... or What's the one that I'm a little bit, <clears throat> I'm a little bit concerned? Silver alerts. That's when I can't find my way home. Yeah. Which I'm sure that day's coming. And though your phone makes a noise, and, and it's an annoying noise, correct? 
Those of you who grew up uh, watching TV where it went off at a, I don't know if they even go off these days. I'm guessing you get 24-7. You used to get this, and sometimes you'd get the civil defense sound. This has been a test. Or you get the weird sound from the National Weather Service that there is a storm coming. Anybody can mimic that sound? Close. I figured that somebody could do that. But if you listen to those amber alerts, children can be found. If you listen to those silver alerts, elders can be found and returned home. And if you listen to those weather alerts, the storms of life just might be averted. So why aren't we listening? To the one who speaks with authority. The one who speaks the Father's words. The one who tells us that if you don't believe in me, you will face God's wrath. In fact, as we talk each week in my office about what we're going to preach on, even though you know that we know we're working our way through John, I told Pierce, I said, it's like, because he preached last week, the sermon I preached the week before is the same message that I'm preaching today. It's almost like a sandwich. You know, like two pieces of bread with John being the, the minor in the middle. And Jesus, John is telling us both times, those verses that I had preached on two weeks ago and the verses we preach on today, that if you do not accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. It is just that plain and simple. And in our society, we have found everything to listen to other than the gospel message. John is giving us a heads up to the rest of the gospel because if you know this book of John, he will speak to us of the experiences of heaven. Jesus will say, listen up to me. And I ask you this morning, are you a good listener? Yes, I heard it. Yeah, that's a young person. Yes, old people. I mean, because... You know, moms typically are good listeners. I'll come back to Mother's Day for a moment. Moms will listen. Dad, not so much. What's the problem? Let me fix it. Now get out of my way. And I can be a good listener. I'm talking Cliff can be a good listener. I mean, I I counseled, I'm sure, thousands of airmen and their spouses and their families over my years in the military. And I've listen to people in my office, but I have to focus. I really have to focus because it's so easy. And Wade, you always get in the front row, so you get the, you get the, the brunt. He's telling me his story, but I'm already, I got a story to trump that story. And, and man, yeah, you went fishing, but let me tell you about the time I went deep sea fishing, you know? Or, or you say, well, I've got problems at home. Let me tell you about the problems I had at home. And I read an illustration this week that was written by a missionary who was in Japan, and it just made so much sense. He said that the Japanese culture, and I think it's not that different than Americans, that are so full with work and with their own personal lives that when you try to pour Christ into them, he said it's like having a glass of water. And you try to pour Christ into a full glass of water, things pour out, it gets diluted or whatever. He said, but if you will take time to listen to a person... It's like taking a sip out of that overflowing glass. And you make room then for the opportunity to share Christ with someone else. 
And if we will do that with one another, listen just a little bit to someone. Spend some time with them. The message that you will want to share will be so much well better received because you've made room in their heart for what's missing. And I think you could do the reciprocal. Christ wants to pour into us, but if we don't take time to listen to Him, to make room in our own lives, what He says often, yeah, okay, what's next week? He's telling us, above all, listen. Above all, listen. If you accept Christ's testimony in verses 32 and 33... He testifies to what he has seen and heard. This is talking about Jesus, but no one accepts his testimony. That's, it's a, throughout the scripture, you'll see that the people did not accept him. Verse 33, the man who accepted it has certified that God is truthful. The original word that is used in uh, Greek is a word that is for seal, a seal. Uh, like, you know, kings of that day might have a ring that they could stamp into wax and put their statement of their possession on it. And that's the kind of uh, word that it's used. It's, it's ownership. It's possession. In modern terms, it may be a little bit like, and I know I say this is modern, but I'm going to just go out on a limb. I'll go out on the side here. How many of you have bank accounts? Put your hand up if you have a bank account but no checks. I, there are young, young people. I was going to say there are young people like that. There are some young people on the front row. There are a lot of young people who have no idea what a check is at and how to fill a check out. What's that one line that ends in dollars? What do you do with that, you know? But if you ever get a check and it's made out to you and you want to deposit it, what do you have to do? You have to endorse it. You have to certify, hey, I got it. I want to put it in. And Jesus has written the check for your salvation. But if you don't endorse it, if you don't accept it, the last verse says you will endure the wrath of God. There are a lot of uncashed checks out there. Cash in today by listening and believing. And that's our second and final point, that above all, believe. Above all, believe. Verses 35 and 36. Look at these with me, please. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. I think three weeks ago I emphasized the fact that God Himself is love and that we receive His love, but He's showing the priority that God loves the Son and has placed all things in His hands. In verse 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. That word wrath in this gospel account of John is the only time it is used. You will not see that word wrath in John for the rest of the chapters of this book. And it doesn't mean, I know, well, my mind goes to movies, the wrath of Khan. I don't know. I'm trying to think wherever. I don't use that word a whole lot. But wrath usually means, to me, is like smoking anger, right? It's like steaming judgment coming. But the word wrath in the original language was not something like flame on. It was more like the result 
of not doing what you were supposed to do. In other words, in fact, I, I read one guy this week that said it was like, uh, wrath was like the allergic reaction to our mortal sin. The word it means, the, the actual Greek word means swelling. It means it's, you know, this has happened and it swells. And I thought about it this way. Since, you know, stationed three times in San Antonio, never had mountain cedar problems until this, the last assignment. And, of course, I built my house in the midst of cedar trees. <laughs> and for like the first four years, Brendan and I would get live Christmas trees and bring them into the house. And the doctor said, you're bringing the devil into your house. <laughs> There's a sermon right there because there are a lot of us bring the devil into our house. But when you get me around a cedar tree, it takes a little while. But after a while, I am snorting and snotting and sneezing. And, and it's just a natural reaction. So what John is saying and the word that he's using is that if you do not receive Christ Jesus, if you do not believe in who Jesus is, God's allergic reaction to that sin, to that unpardoned life that he's extended to you who Jesus is to say, I've sent him for you, he will sneeze, snot, and snort you out of glory. And I know that's kind of an earthy way to express it, but I hope you understand that if you reject God's son, his wrath, he cannot change, he is holy. In that regard, he cannot tolerate that unpardoned evil in your life. Hear me. Without Christ, you will not be saved. Above all, believe. Now, most of you know that my mentor in the chaplaincy uh, was a national Baptist. That's the larger black Baptist denomination in the United States. Charlie, dear friend, John Blair. Uh, John is going, uh, I talked about John a few weeks ago. Uh, we, I will be going to Arlington to be at his uh, service in July. It takes that long to get buried in Arlington. But he introduced me to several prominent black pastors. And, and in those days, when I first came in the Air Force, uh, I think we bought our first VHS video when we came. No, we had, might have had one before we came in the Air Force. How many remember that far back? When did you get your first VHS player, like in the mid-80s, is that about when that was? That's about when I came in the Air Force, so when you listen to preachers, you had to listen to cassettes. Online YouTube was something futuristic, like the Jetsons, and I know you don't even know who the Jetsons are, but like, like these phones that my daughter has, and you know, that's Dick Tracy. I mean, Dick Tracy was around prior to World War II, but let me just tell you, Dick Tracy was way ahead of what's going on now, but the prominent pastor of the 80s that I listened to in the African-American tradition, way before T.D. Jakes and uh, Tony Evans, was uh, E.V. Hill, Reverend Ed Hill, um, a uh, Baptist pastor in Los Angeles, and at the time probably the largest uh, African-American Baptist church in the nation. Uh, I first was introduced to him truly is when he preached his wife's funeral. And if you've never heard that, Google it. I don't think you can see the video, but you will be able to get on YouTube the sound of it. He uses that passage from Job, and he said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Now, I can't preach like him, and I don't want to try, but I want to tell you the story that he would tell about himself. He was born the same year as my mother, 1933. Well, I, should, I shouldn't have done that, did I? Uh, he's already gone to be with the Lord, but uh, Evie uh, said that his mother had five children. You know, this is Depression era, and uh, she couldn't afford the five so, uh, to feed them all. So she had a friend of hers in Sweet Home, Texas, which is west of Houston to uh, take custody of him and uh, he called her mama he said the rest of his life and he said mama was a praying woman he said I didn't know much about prayer but mama did and I trusted mama and mama wanted me to finish school and he became the first one in the family to graduate high school in fact he said in, as he would tell the story that he was the only student to graduate from the, count, the country school that year. He was the only high schooler to graduate. Now, that's a small school, right? How many in your graduating class? Well, you're looking at him. I'm the valedictorian. <laughs> and I'm the worst in the class, too. But he took off, and I had to look this, this school up because I know I'd, I'd, heard, him, I'd heard this video uh, or clip of him, audio clip of him, that some of you may know this. I think it's a Texas A&M like, I know there's Texas A&M in Corpus. We have one here in San Antonio. It's Prairie View College. And it, too, is west, I think, north of Houston. Uh, but it, uh, predominantly an African-American school. And he, his, his mama said, you're not only going to graduate high school, you're going to go to college. And he said, man, I don't know anything about college. I want to go to college. But mama wanted me to go. And she said, I'll be praying for you. And put him on the bus with $5 in his pocket. Now, as he tells the story, I don't know how it happened. If he had The bus ride couldn't have been that far from Sweet Home, Texas, to there. But he says when he got there, he only had $1.90 in his pocket. Sounds pretty much like me. If my mom would have given me five bucks, I'd be lucky to have anything when I arrived. But when he got there, they said tuition was going to be $80 for the semester. Don't you wish your tuition for your kids or you if you're going to school was $80? But he didn't have $80. He said, I'm standing in line, and the, and the closer I got to the front there, he said, the more nervous I got. And he said, finally, there's this lady, a young girl in front of me, another brand-new student. She's, got a, she's paid all of her stuff. And he said, a hand was placed on my shoulder. He said, I just knew the devil was going to drag me out of there. He said, but the entire time, I kept hearing Mama saying, Mama's going to be praying for you. Mama's going to be praying for you. And he said, this hand came on my shoulder, and he said, I thought, I'll resist it. And finally I turned, and the man said, are you Ed Hill? Well, yes, sir, I am. And he said, well, we've been looking for you all morning long. He said, well, what was it? And it goes, to the rest of the story is this is the president of the, the college. And he said, we uh, have a full-ride scholarship for you all four years to include room and board and $30 a month stipend so you'll have money to buy some things. And he said, one more time, I heard in my ear, Mama's praying for you. If you will only believe in what some of your mamas told you, and in fact, you do believe her, you probably wouldn't be here because they planted some seeds. But if you'll believe the gospel account that Christ Jesus came for you and I, and then apart from him, we face judgment. Above all, listen. Above all, believe. For Christ Jesus is above all. Stand with me, please, we pray. Our Lord, as we come now to a time of invitation, if there's someone here today, maybe they feel like Evie Hill did, a hand on their shoulder saying, I want you to step forward and accept my son as your Savior. 
I pray that they wouldn't even wait till the musicians get their instruments, that they would start walking to the center of this church right now and say, I want to profess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Lord, we thank you for our mamas, and we thank you for the prayers that they lifted up for us. And we pray today that we would put you above that reverence, for you are above all. If there's someone here, Lord, who just needs to come and lay something at this altar, we ask that your Holy Spirit would move in a mighty way. For we pray in the name that is above all names, Jesus the Christ.